And so you went out hunting and you had to quit. Your feet got cold. So you're, as you're walking out, here comes the shot you were looking for all along. Hi, my name is Roy Catbury. Today we're going to talk about uh, how to stay warm in the cold. Uh, those of us that hunt in some of the northern states, we might have uh, temperatures down around zeros uh, Fahrenheit and higher. I know this last week uh, in Nebraska here is a rifle season, and we had temperatures down in the teens up to the mid-20s. Uh, now, today it was a little bit nicer. It started out in the 20s, and it's I think it's like 39 or 40, 49 degrees now. Uh, but uh, uh, how do you stay warm? Well, to start with, take, take a look at your feet. Uh, the feet is going to be the number one thing that is going to be a problem for you. Uh, we have lots of things going on. Uh, you can be warm all over and your feet get cold, you're done. Um, I know there was uh, one time when I was first starting out, you know, the boots I had, you know, they're, they're nice thick leather. But there wasn't room to put any kind of wool socks or anything. So, you know, cotton socks, you go out there. And after about an hour and a half to two hours, my feet were really cold and you're done. Uh, and, you know, in the morning, I like to get there, you know, at least an hour before shooting time, you know, just so that you have time to settle down and, um, you know, not disturb them. You know, I've walked in before and uh, interrupted as I was walking in and I was in early enough. I just stopped. I had a little bit small flashlight. Uh, so I finished walking the rest of the way because I could see enough to, to walk through the forest. You know, you got glasses on, so it keeps the eyes from getting smack of the branch. But uh, I climbed on my tree stand, and, you know, they'd be able to come walking by my tree, underneath my tree before uh, it got uh, even light enough to shoot. And that's the one I kicked up because I heard it. You know, so once I heard it, I, I stopped and it went just a little, little ways and then it just stopped. So it, it didn't, I didn't really spook it too much going in. So that's one of the um, things that I had going on. Now, I'm going to try, you know, recording these podcasts. I always recorded them early and then upload them to um, anchor.fm. And then it would send it out to like Spotify and a few other places. Well, last week I tried just going live in the Archer Talk 101 Facebook group. And that worked out pretty good. So this week I'm trying another uh, method using Restream.io to see if I can stream it to the group in my page or profile at the same time uh, that we can get in there. But I think in order to be able to uh, interact with it, you'll have to be a member of the Arch Talk 101 Facebook group. So if you'd like to interact, um, then join that group. Uh, there's a lot of good benefits of being in that group. Uh, you know, we review your forms. We have form information at there. You have form uh, ideas. You know, have videos on some of those, how to work on your bow. We got different things going on on different things working on your bow. Uh, we have people that have been shooting in there for 50 and 60 years, uh, myself included. I started out shooting in the 60s with a recurve. And then uh, I have uh, archery instructors in there. I've been an archery instructor since 1995, and I taught a lot of people how to shoot. Uh, so that's, that's a good place to go in there. You can also go out to archertalk101.com website I have. Uh, and then there's also stuff you can go out to my uh, YouTube channel, uh, learn to fix it yourself. You know, that's the channel I have there. They have all kinds of stuff out there. So that's someplace you can go uh, to get more information. But you can always uh, contact me 
and I can get a hold of you can get a hold of me that way. So I know out in um, uh, the Facebook group, it's live in there because I do that all the time. I just don't know about the the page or the profile if you're going to see anything there or not. So uh, anyway, if you want to watch it live, you can do that. Uh, there'll be a random time when I record them. It's whenever I decide to record it, uh, but it'll go onto the podcast uh, form every Monday morning at six o'clock. I release a new the new version. So now let's get back into what we're really talking about. Uh, how to stay warm when you're out hunting. Now, we're going to start with feet. Now, you want to have some good boots. You know, that they need to be good boots, good leather boots, you know, the thick leather boots. You know, tennis shoes just aren't going to cut it. Uh, you know, up here in the north, you know, we've got you know, that freezing weather out there. I know I had a water bottle with me and it was some water and uh, it's morning. And by the time I, I leave, you know, after three hours, I'm already got ice forming on, the, on my water. So, uh, you know, it gets cold. And uh, with the leather boots, you want to have good socks. Now, the best socks I've found is the Merino wool. Uh, I have those. Those are really good. Now, what I did uh, the first day I went out, I didn't have my boot. I couldn't find my my boots I was going to wear. Uh, the ones that I had that I normally wore, the soles come off with. They're they're just so old. So I had a pair of insulated uh, steel toe boots, boots, and I had uh, uh, one pair of leather uh, the wool socks, and my feet got cold. Uh, so I didn't use that after that. So I had another pair, just just plain leather boots. They're more of a work boot. And I had uh, a pair of the merino wool socks on. And then Arctic Shield made some little boot cover that you can put on over your boot. Now, you don't walk in them, uh, but they're just for sitting. You know, so once you're up in your tree stand or in your blind or in your chair, where you're going to sit, I just put those on. Those add a little bit in there. And my feet were, were kept warm. My feet didn't get cold, you know, and we're out in uh, a lot of different uh, um, cold weathers. Uh, this past week, it's been getting up into the 20s, so it's starting out in the teens. Uh, you know, that's that that's pretty cold. My feet stayed warm. So now the next thing you have to worry about, where's your most your heat coming from, losing from, is from your head. You want to make sure you have good warm hat and and masks. Uh, one of the things, you know, wearing wearing glasses as you cover it up, it covers up over your nose. Your nose stays warm, and then your glasses fog up. You know, so sometimes you keep that your nose exposed and every once you have to cover it up, warm up your nose, uh, you know, have a good warm mask. Now, I had some good uh, walls makes a, a good uh, camo uh, bibs and coat. It's a double coat. There's two, there's an inner one, inner coat and an outer coat. I can take the inner one, uh, zip it off. It's not cold enough for that, but here, you know, when it's this cold, it, it, you do need it. So I had that on there, the bibs on there and had that all nice warm. And then I had a hood that goes over my head uh, as well, an insulated um, uh, mask. And then the hood on the jacket, I use it to cover up over my head as well. And because the wind is blowing from behind me. So you want to keep the back of your neck warm too. So that's how I did. And I sat on the chair. I didn't need anything, you know, else to keep me warm um, because I'm right handed. I use my right hand for, you know, working release on a bow or shooting a gun. You know, this is firearm season, so I happen, you know, a little thin glove because you need to be able to feel what's going on in that one. Now, the left hand that you're holding your bow or your gun in, 
you don't really have to feel anything in it. So I had a nice heavy one in there and a thin one in the right one. So what I do is early season on archery, um, I have I have just a, a, a mesh one that has uh, the fingertips are gone in it. And then on the index finger, it's clear back past the second knuckle. So it's just a little bit short one in there. So when I'm using my really cold weather release, which is my wrist release, I can get my finger on that trigger back far enough and I can feel it. Because if you can't feel the trigger, you don't know what's going on with it. Now I also have, because I have a handheld I normally hunt with early season, but when it's out, you know, 20 degrees out, I really don't want to grab onto a, a cold piece of aluminum. So that has the piece at the seam between the index finger and the thumb. That is gone because that's where my trigger sits. So I have that glove is set up so I can use either type release. Uh, so you always got to have that. Now, how do you keep that hand warm? Well, that's what pockets are for. <laughs> you know, keep them in the pocket. You can get those little hand warmers, put that in your pocket so you can keep your hand warm. And, and then when you get ready to come out, use it. You have, uh, uh, you know, your hand is fairly warm and you can, you can take, you know, being out in the cold. And the left hand is, is pretty warm, you know, with your bow in your hand. If you always keep your bow in your hand, like I normally do when I'm out bow hunting, I normally keep my bow in my hand. I don't, like to hang it up because a lot of extra movement because those darn deer they don't let you know when they're coming you know they just all of a sudden show up and i don't have time to grab it off there but sometimes i do have a hanger that i can hang it from uh so that i don't have to hold it all the time i don't want to uh also on my safety belt i have a little uh, little pouch that i can put the lower limb in uh, so that i don't have to hold the whole weight those things are really nice but back into keeping warm you want to make sure you have all the proper clothes and layers important. Now, a lot of wool is nice. It can be kind of itchy at times, but the wool is, is what's going to keep you warm. And, and that way, if you take a look between cotton and wool, get them wet. The cotton will not maintain very much warming capability. It basically loses all of it, and now it's just water on you, and it's going to make you even colder. So you want to wear wool. Wool retains most of its capability to keep you warm, even when it's wet. You know, that, that's why a lot of your, your, your old-time clothes were a lot of wool, because it can get wet and still keep you warm. So think about that. Now, remember, I said those merino wool. I've got other wool socks. Nothing worked as good as that merino wool. I know uh, Bass Pro sells them under the redhead name. I don't know if they still do, but they had, you know, they were 10 bucks. Last time I saying like 12 bucks for a pair. And they were lifetime. If you wear them out, you can take them back. I don't know if they still do that or not. Um, I know Cabela's has some merino wool ones. Um, before they merged, I don't know what they've done after they merged because I have plenty of them. I don't look at them too much anymore now. Uh, Theirs was, uh, you know, about that same price, and they were they were not a lifetime one, uh, but the merino wool, if you're just wearing it for hunting, you know that works just fine. And I know guys that will wear those year round, you know, because they're they're comfortable, they 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 keep your feet warm, and and they give you a little cushion. So now you want to look at how much room is in your boots. Now, if you normally wear like a 11 and a half size shoe and you normally wear it with one pair of just regular cotton socks, 
put a pair of wool socks on are going to be pretty tight. So when you get in your hunting boots, you want to take a look at what are you going to wear for socks? So you want to make them a little bit bigger. Now, the boots I have that I wear today are wide. I don't normally, don't normally wear wide because there's too much slob in there. But when I put the extra wool sock in there, then it fills it up. So you want to decide, are you going to wear one pair of wool socks or two pair of wool socks? So if you're going to wear one, what you want to do when you go looking for your boots, take those wool socks with you and put those on and put your boots on and try them. Because you try them off regular thin socks, put your big ones on, and then you have uh, you know, a lot of pressure on there. That's not good on your feet. Uh, so if you squash all the air or the loft out of the socks, they're not going to help you out. So that's where you trap air. It's like insulation in a house. It's not the fact that it is that thick, it's, it's trapped air. Uh, your, your double and triple pane glass, you know, there's a little plastic barrier in between there or they'll fill, double panes will fill them with an inert gas. Uh, and so there's an air gap. So you don't have that transfer. And that's what your, your socks are doing. And, and that those wool socks work really good at that. Uh, I still would not put, you know, even some people think they're itchy. I haven't ever noticed them being itchy on my feet. Uh, some of the old, the wool socks might be, if it's just regular wool, but those merino wool socks, I haven't noticed that at all. And do not put a pair of cotton socks underneath them because that's just going to defeat the purpose. They're going to get wet. You're going to have that wet surface against you and they're not going to help out. Uh, now, if you have some insulated boots, those are even better yet. Um, you know, for some reason, these these boots and I don't believe they're insulated. I, uh, they're just the wool socks. And then I put those covers on and that worked really good because you don't have that leather is not getting cold because it has that little cover on the outside of it on those uh, Arctic Shield uh, boot covers. Uh, those are, work pretty nice. Now, for the rest of you, uh, you have the rest of your body. You know, we've got our hands. We talked about hands. Uh, so on your hands, there are different type of gloves. You can have the gloves that have all your fingers free. You know, those are going to be the hardest to keep your hands warm. Then you have the ones that have your thumb and index fingers. So the rest of them work as a group. You know, those, those mittens uh, that way. Uh, they, they'll help keep your fingers being next to each other. are going to help keep each other warm a little bit better than if they're individual. Uh, but you lose a little bit of dexterity in them. Uh, then they have, uh, you know, some real nice thick ones. Now, what you can do is take some of those hot hands and put them in your glove on the back of your hand. That will keep that part warm and also help keep your fingers warm as well. You don't have to actually have it on the fingers. Um, same thing on, on your hand, you're gonna use a, the thinner glove. You could always put one of those in there as well um, or just put it in your pocket and you know keep your hand on there so to keep it warm. Um, it all just depends on you know how much room is in a glove. It's a real tight fitting glove. Uh, you may not have the room. If it's strong enough, you can stick one of those underneath there. Those are good. They don't get really hot, just warm enough. So you, you're just going to make sure you keep them, keep them warm. Uh, you know, pockets work really nice. Uh, if you're sitting out there, um, you know, like today, you're sitting out on, on a chair, um, you got the vest. I just put, you know, put one hand over each one and then one hand helps keep the other one warm and then, then switch them because I had, you know, the thin glove, um, you know, just while you're sitting there because, you know, for a rifle, you're setting up for 
you know, I set up for 150 yard, 100, 150 yard shot. Uh, for Bo, I set up for a 15 to 20 yard shot. A uh, little bit difference, just a lot longer because uh, the rifles can reach out there a little bit longer. Um, I do do that sometimes, uh, just 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 something different depending on what the season. You know, the the point is get meat in the freezer. But um, now let's talk about your shirts and then the pants. Uh, now they have, for those in the really cold weather, they have what they call extreme cold weather clothing system. And I'm not sure exactly what the material is, but I've got some of those they are kind of a tan color and they are really warm. Uh, if you're walking with those on, it's really easy to start get overheated and start sweating. Um, so I don't normally uh, wear those unless it's going to be too really cold. Uh, they don't take up quite as much room as big bibs. Uh, so you have to kind of decide, you know, which one you want to wear, uh, how much walking you're going to do. Because uh, nice thing about the bibs and the coat is you can go in, put the bibs on, you just pre climbing your tree stand or just you're getting into your blind or, or where you're at. So you don't have to walk with those because they're not very comfortable to walk in. They're kind of bulky and, and baggy. And then kneeling down with them on sometimes can be a little bit of a, a hassle. So that's one of the things that you can take a look at and see what's going on. Now, you could put those, those on. You can have insulated jeans. You know, jeans can be insulated as well. Um, you know, those are nice because they're, they're a little bit better than regular jeans. And when I did uh, on this one, you know, this last week, because I used insulated jeans and then my, my bib overalls. And you want to make sure you get a good, good set of bibs. Some of the cheaper ones, they just don't hold up very good. Uh, some of the new technology is, is nice and light, and they have a lot of capability to keep you warm. Uh, you can look at, too, what's up against your skin. Is, they have this, some of the new wicking material. It'll actually wick the moisture away from your body because when you collect it on it, then you get you know, cold, a little wet, and then you get cold, and it's hard to warm up from that. So you want to make sure you have uh, you know, some way to get that moisture out um, I know one time, you know, I had an old, uh, I used to use the chem suits and I had the British ones, which were, were, they're really thin, but then I had a set of those U.S. made ones and those were really, really thick. And I made a mistake one time of, of you know, I was all, all covered up, you know, I had all my hunting clothes on and I had those on and I decided to walk and I was burning up and I was like, I had to take them off because, you know, <laughs> It was just way too hot. So that's something you have to think about too, is how long of a walk do you have getting in and how much do you need to keep on as far as clothes to keep warm while you're walking? But generally it's not that much. Uh, if I was going to be walking in and had to walk very far, I'd probably take my big heavy coat and and my, my bibs and roll them up and put them on my backpack. You know, I'd strap them down to my backpack and I have just a lighter coat that'll keep me warm while I'm walking, walk in so you don't get hot. Once you get there, you can take off that light one or you can leave it on, put your other one on top, but put your bibs on, put your coat on. And then if you're climbing into a tree stand, climb in. And, and that's the thing on your setting up your tree stand. You know, we kind of covered that in one of the past ones, but I'll give you a you know, quick thing on there is when you're in, in the summertime, you just have jeans on, you know, you can take a pretty long step. Now put insulated jeans on, put bibs on, and see how far you can lift that foot up. You know, not very far. So 
you want to make sure you have those pegs close enough together that you can comfortably climb up and not stretch it. You know, because the last thing you want to do is try and lift up the leg and can't get to the peg. Uh, coming down is not quite because you have your weight pushing on it, but going up, uh, you don't want to have, you know, a lot of bend in your knee because, you know, especially when it gets cold, <laughs> you know, as we get older, they don't work as well. So it's a little bit harder to climb up. You know, the young guys, they, you know, they can climb up pretty quick. You know, as we get older, uh, uh, you know, we have to start thinking about, you know, what's going to be easiest to get into and keep those steps up, you know, fairly close together. Um, and that's what like somebody like lines is because they, they help cut the wind. And, you know, when you're, when you have your coat on, you want to make sure you have a lot of, lot of layers, you know, the more layers you have, the better it is. Cause as you, as you're, you're getting cold, you can always add more layers, um, I, I choose to, you know, when I get up there, uh, you know, I've already, I'm already worked up a little bit of heat, uh, you know, so I'll put my coat on and then I'm, I'm hot for a while, but I know that, you know, once, once it cools down, uh, you know, your body starts cooling down, you're going to have all your clothes going to be nice and warm and keep you there. Uh, one other option that some people will use uh, to help keep their feet warm is, is they have the, um, um, like the hot hands, but the hot feet. You can put them in your shoes. Those will help in there. I personally don't like to do that too much because that's something in there I'm stepping on or you put on the back on you know, top of your foot. You know, that's that's another pressure point that my feet aren't normally used to. Uh, the other option you have is electric socks. You know, the advantage of those is you turn them on, you got heat. Uh, the disadvantage is those batteries die. You don't have any heat. So I like to try and plan on not depending on the electronics to keep me warm. Uh, I like to keep, you know, the, the natural materials because I'll keep you warm a little bit longer. And, and now we're all covered up. Our feet are nice and warm. Our head's covered. So we have, you know, that's all covered. You know, we got our, our legs and our torso and everything is all, all nice and, and calm. Um, I carry, you know, when it's going to be this cold, that one of those uh, wool army blankets with me because that wool is going to help keep you warm if you need to. And I keep it on the bottom of my backpack. If I need to, I can unroll it and I can use that for extra warmth if I need to. Um, now, where I'm hunting right now, it's not that far. It's it's only about two miles from my house. I'm, I'm lucky there, but normally you got a long drive or you're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, now you need to think about what happens if you actually had to spend the night. Now it's getting down into, you know, the teens, how are you going to stay warm? Uh, and that's where that blanket is going to come in handy. Cause now you can use that as an extra, you can put it down on the ground so you can lay down. Cause you don't want to sit in a chair all night long. Uh, that that's kind of, kind of hard. Um, so you want to lay down, you want to put a blanket down on there. So lay the blanket down and cover it up. Um, I did see a video one time that Slybrae tries to use, you know, the blankets incorrectly. And he says, lay on them diagonally. And I was like, that kind of made sense because they're longer that way. Because otherwise, how do you cover up your feet and everything? So it is laid diagonally on it. You can fold that that one tip in your feet and fold the two pieces over. And then you have a little, little protection for your head uh, from there. So, uh, you know, always having a blanket with you uh, or sleeping bag, you know, those those be good too. Uh, they've got some sleeping bags just some there. Uh, one thing carrying emergency pack is some of those um, uh, emergency blankets, those real thin, uh, like 
like a foil or foil ones. And those work pretty good. I, I tried one of those one time. They actually keep pretty good because they cut the wind out, the light to reflect your own heat back in. So, you know, that's something they want to keep with you. Uh, the other thing you might want to keep with you is some way to start a fire. Uh, you have, you know, you'll have your knives with you, whatever you're going to have there. You're going to have, you may have a, a saw. I carry a pruner and a saw as well as some knives with me and flashlights. And I also carry one of those um, uh, ferro rod uh, with the magnesium uh, in there. So you could gather up a spot and, in, and you can make a fire, you know, so you have some kind of fire to keep you protected. You can use your blanket or something as as little makes you shift uh, uh, shelter. Uh, so you can spend the night if you had to. Uh, now, if you're hunting close enough to a house, you know, you're, you're hunting on a farmer's land and it's it's not, you know, hundreds of acres. Uh, worst case, you know, you knock on his door, you know, if you if your car don't start or something and and your car or truck don't start, you can do that. But, you know, if you're hunting out in the middle of nowhere, be you got to be prepared to spend the night, um, have your water with you have a snack with you or something uh, so that you can have something to fix some food because, uh, you know, you don't want to go too long without having food and water. And, you know, it's that cold, your water's going to freeze on you if you're not careful. So you have to have some way of keeping it, you know, warming it back up. Uh, you know, so if you're going for a long time, you want to think about, okay, how am I going to start a fire? How am I going to keep warm in that emergency, emergency situation? So that's just kind of some of the things that, uh, um, you know, I wanted to talk about this week on there because it is getting cold and we do have archery season. We do have rifle season. Uh, there's muzzleloader seasons coming up, um, you know, here in Nebraska, uh, September through December 31st is archery season. It doesn't shut down. Uh, if you're out in archery during the rifle season, you got to wear orange, just like the, the rifle hunters, you know, and here there's nine days in November, which is your, your rifle season. And and then the whole month of December is muzzleloader season. So uh, we have quite a bit of time there. And then there's a late January season as well. So we have a lot of time to hunt during pretty cold weather. So you, you always got to be prepared. And that's why I really wanted to talk about that today, just because it was, uh, it's just such a, uh, it can be a problem. You know, how do you stay warm? Now, where I was hunting this morning, it was on the uh, downside of the hill from the wind. So I didn't have a lot of wind on me. My hunt, my son was hunting on the other side and the wind was just blowing like crazy on him. Uh, the difference between the wind where I was at and the wind where he was at was, you know, a huge amount of difference. And even in a blind, he was still, you know, struggling with the, the cold in there. Um, I don't know if he was prepared as I was, but I was dressed pretty warm because I don't like getting cold. Um, that's just one of those things. You got to stay warm. And now if possible, you want to set up you know, like where I was at, where the wind isn't hitting you. Or if it is, it's hitting you on the back. And if it's going in your face, it's hard to keep your face, you know, warm when the wind's blowing directly on it. Um, and then some people, you know, like me, when the wind's blowing in my eyes, my eyes water. So now that I've got my glasses on, wind's blowing in my eyes, my eyes are watering. And then, you know, you're constantly and you have to wipe, wipe the water off your eyes because they're watering. And then you get on your glasses and then you get icicles on your glasses sometimes and and then they're fogging up and it you know it's that's why I prefer to not look into the wind if I can help it um now in the summertime that might be a little different story it might be nice to have the wind blowing in your face instead of your back 
but that's just all trying to figure out, you know, how can I set up? But sometimes, depending where you're at, you may not have a choice. So now you have to figure out what, what can you do to keep you warm and, you know, multiple ways of keeping your face warm. Um, you know, with the hat, I wear a hat all the time. And then I wear a, a mask over the top of it. It's, it's a fairly thick um, fleece mask that, you know, covers everything. And I can cover it. Really the only showing is my glasses and my eyes. Uh, you know, I cover that up and then the hood on my coat going and I can cover all that up over there. So I can get pretty good, but I still have my my glasses and my eyes exposed. And then because they don't fit tight, you know, the mask doesn't fit super tight to your face, you know, like like a, a surgical mask would fit close to your face or a respirator if it's really close onto your face. And then now then you don't breathe up into your glasses. And, and that's where, you know, a lot of your masks are, are are not going to keep the air from blowing up underneath your glasses back into your eyes. And, and that's what, you know, fogs your glasses up. Uh, you lift your glasses up, you know, over your overhead, put your, to put your binoculars in to look in there. And then, you know, they fog up too. And, and you know, that's the biggest problem with uh, being out in the cold um, is you're generating enough heat. And then when you breathe, you know, you're going to be fogging up glasses. So that's something to be worried about too, is, you know, come time to, shoot and you're looking down your sights and your glasses are fogged up now what do you do because you can't see you can't shoot uh, so that's something that you got to be playing playing around with and trying to figure out, okay how can i do this and then still be able to see through my glasses um, contacts work nice but the problem i found with contacts is because i used to wear those quite a bit when it's really cold out, the contacts will get cold as well because your eyes don't keep them warm and and they don't fog up or anything because they can't fog up. Uh, but they I can feel them cold on my eyes because it's it's so cold out. You know, when you get, you know, down in teens or below, uh, you know, the those contacts still get cold because you know it is a, a plastic against your eye. And and you know, so that doesn't solve all the problems, but it does solve the fogging problem. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of what I wanted to cover today. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any um, uh, questions, but uh, I know in the group, ArchTalk 101 Facebook group, uh, there you can always put comments in there. And, and if you listen to this live, go ahead and make a comment on there that you listen to it live or if you're watching the recording, um, put down its recording. If you have any questions, go ahead and post them. And... You know, I, I know it's live in there. I don't know about uh, uh, the, if it's going into the other, the page, the profile. I'm using the restream, the free version. I don't know if I can post in there. It let me set them up, but I don't know if it's doing it or not. So uh, just let me know if you're seeing it there and uh, we'll go from there. So one thing uh, for those that have stuck it out this far, um, besides uh, uh, being an archery coach, you know, in Bowtech, uh, I want to help everybody in their archery skills get better. You know, that those that are watching the video of this get, get a chance to watch the video. You know, it's Arch Talk 101 podcast, uh, and, and this is your guide to better archery skills. And my goal is to make you as good archery as you can. And with that, I have a free 15 minute consultation call that I'd like to get on the phone with you and talk about, you know, it, you know, maybe coaching could be for you, maybe not. Um, you know, 
we'll just answer, you know, ask you a few questions and see, you know, is it something that would help you? If it's not, then, you know, we'll say, hey, this, you know, I, I can't help you out any more than what you're being helped. Um, but, you know, most people I can help. I've had people that have been shooting for a long time and hey, that one little tweak, you know, make them just that little bit better. Uh, I've taken archers from going six and eight inch groups to three hours touching in just a matter of, uh, you know, short period of time. So I've been doing it for a long time. Like I said, I've been an instructor for 25 years and I have uh, a form for you to fill out. Uh, ask, just ask a bunch of, you know, basic questions so I can get to know you better so we can make our 15 minute time more uh, productive. And I'll leave uh, uh, links for that. And if you don't see the link, uh, go ahead and uh, uh, leave me a message and I'll, I'll send you the link to it but, uh, in the description for the podcast. And I'll, I'll leave a link for that so you can uh, fill that form out. And then uh, we'll get on the call and see, see how I can help you out, improve your archery skills. Um, if you have any questions on uh, boat, boat setup or anything like that, uh, that Archer Talk 101 Facebook group is a good place for that. Uh, you can also go out and get some other information from the website, archertalk101.com. And I'll leave links to the description in, in all those in, uh, in, the, in the description down below and on the, the podcast and any place else I can leave links. Um, so just take, go out one of those places. And if you like this video, you know, this uh, podcast, you know, make sure you look at the other ones. Uh, this is podcast number 53. So I've got quite a few of them out there. Uh, sometimes I'll do interviews with uh, different archers, talk about archery. And sometimes I'll just give content like this, you know, tell you about whatever's, you know, happened to be on my mind at the time. And, uh, or if there's some subject you'd like me to cover, just let me know. And I'd be glad to cover it for you and just get in here and, and let's, let's enjoy archery and uh, let's promote the sport and let me know what's going on. What's, what, what's going on with you and how can I help you? And, and just, just let me know how I can be of service to you. So once again, my name is Roy Canterbury. I've been your host today on Archer Talk 101, and we'll, we'll talk with you uh, uh, next week.